I'm Stefan Coritar and welcome to another Tech Talk episode. This is the show where you can discover insights and valuable information about how entrepreneurs build their startup in the tech industry and the way technology world works. Conversation is about technology and creativity, people, experiences and life around tech businesses and communities with the main goal to help you get inspired, get started, dream big and build amazing businesses. My guest today is Thibaut van der Hofstadt. Thibaut is a 32-year-old passionate entrepreneur that dedicates most of his energy to his projects. Scout leader at heart and for him human relationships and team spirit are the two ingredients of success. At 18 years old, after living for one year in a Finnish entrepreneurial family, he realized the importance of taking actions to succeed. Questioning is a daily practice for him. He likes to learn and share what he learns. And if you are looking for a good business book, he recommends E-Myth, Why Small Businesses Do Not Work and What to Do About It. After an Erasmus in Mexico, he imagined creating a chain of Mexican restaurants. But after months of work, he decided to do a small pivot with his associates and with them created one of the first B2B marketplace for marketing services in Europe called Sortlist. He says, and I quote, For me, there is no such thing as failure. It is simply a more or less long success, which requires more or less pivots and time. By questioning themselves regularly, with enough energy and the united team, any entrepreneur can succeed. I just loved our conversation and learned so much from him. I hope you do the same by listening to this episode. Talk to you soon. Hi, Thibault, and welcome to the Tech Talk podcast. Hello, Stefan. Thanks for having me. Thibault, we're kind of doing this interview and this conversation um, similar like on a train station when two people meet on a train station our train station is this podcast you coming from vacation me going on vacation uh so my question would be just you know softly getting into this conversation how was your vacation and what did you learn new uh i i have learned uh, during the, this vacation that the covid is impacting every one of us <laughs> while traveling um So I decided to go not far from uh, Brussels. I went to the, um, the, the North uh, Sea um, in, in the north of France. And it was uh, pretty quiet in a small village. Um, and uh, I learned to, to rest and, uh, and uh, to, to take some time to just uh, feel, uh, feel rest and ready for September that is uh, going to uh, arrive pretty soon. Yeah. So, um, Um, I did not work at all. I decided uh, to quit all social media, every technology. I was just focusing myself uh, on taking the time to be in the wild, in nature, uh, walking on the on the beach, and uh, yeah, just uh, being with my girlfriend. Did you have any book with you? I uh, I plan to take my Kindle, and I forget it actually. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, it was uh, it was pretty uh, pretty um, pretty much uh, time with my girlfriend and uh, to spend actually uh, time with uh, my beloved one. So family uh, is important, and um, yeah. I do believe that as we work every day, and it's important to, to sometimes spend time only with uh, your family so that we can uh, just uh, reset yeah. uh, for the the holiday and vacation. I agree. And no social media, uh, you, you know, doing that detox helps a lot. Yeah, it's no social media, no 
no Slack uh, connection, <laughs> no nothing. So it was um, it was super uh, uh, super uh, super great for uh, to just um, just relax and um, and to to just be ourselves. I would say uh, uh, together in couple and. And walking on the beach, so pretty much not a lot of things to say about my holidays. I'm sorry for the podcast; it might be not that uh, that sexy story. But it doesn't uh, it doesn't have to be, right? I mean, <laughs> I think I think nowadays in this you know uh, really super busy digital world, I think it's it's better to have this type of vacation than have another vacation that is busy and you know filling up with information and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but how is how is France um, right now in terms of tourism? I just had a meeting with a, a possible client from France in construction, and uh, they said that they were uh, they were down in south and there was a lot of tourists. So how how is that right now with the COVID and everything? I mean, do they take those measures? Are they taken seriously? Or what did you experience as? Um... Tourists, uh, French, French, uh, yeah, uh, French, French people are a bit. Uh, they have their uh, culture and uh, they, they they love to complain and they love uh, as well to follow the rules. Um, so I would say that uh, depends a bit uh, uh, the context of the the, the street where you are, um, but uh, definitely the. What to say about France? Um, I mean, I'm speaking French. I'm a French speaker, but um, uh, yeah, I'm not super inspired. I would say uh, they um, they related to the COVID. They they don't follow that much the rules. I would say um, they a lot of people were not really following the rules, so that's a bit scary in a way. I would say. Um, there were a lot of people uh, that were not wearing masks, so that was a bit scary. Um, and uh, and yeah, with my fiance, we wanted to avoid as much as possible uh, being in crowds, so we went to to run in the wild to try to to get away from the crowd. But uh, yeah, I was a bit surprised to see so many people not caring really that much. So um, a bit disappointing. Um, to see that there were so many people not respecting the rules, I would say. Okay, so we kind of have the same situation because we see that also a lot happening over here in Romania. So people are going to the seaside, not wearing masks. And I understand, I mean, it's hard to have a mask and you're on the beach and relaxing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not taking the distance. But in the same time, it's really funny how they, you know, they could really, you can bend, I mean, not, you, you, can, you can question definitely the numbers behind COVID, right? Certainly there is situations and cases where people are, you know, dying and having difficult times, but. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I'm a bit uh, worried about um, the situation because uh, I was planning to do actually my wedding at the beginning of September mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and with the behavior, uh, that we can see in the street and at the beach, uh, I, I do believe it's going to be a bit complicated. Um, let's, yeah, let's see. Uh, let's stay optimist uh, about the future and let's try to, to see the bright side about uh, where we are heading for. Um, mm-hmm. 
And um, I will say that for the digital world, in many cases, it's the best moment to be. Uh, as today, we need to make sure that uh, we can use uh, technology to to be present and to, um, to do business or in general to to connect with uh, one and each other. Um, yep. So, so yeah, definitely, this is a, 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 a brutal and radical change that we need to, to, to be uh, more adapted to. We need to, to review a bit the way we used to live. Um, I will say it's not that easy to cope with that situation every day and to accept the situation every day. Probably you have experienced the same. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, but I, I do believe that uh, one day it will be over. I yeah. hope so. <laughs> Uh, but I really think you can have a, a really amazing wedding in open air. I mean, there are so many cool um, places that you can do in open air, then, you know, and have a really beautiful wedding. I mean, there's a cool website. I think it's called thevenuereport.com, something like that. And you can look up really cool, amazing places like these scenery stuff. Anyway, I'm going to... I'm going to send it and just have a look awesome. maybe. <laughs> awesome. Um, but um, I, I want to ask you one more thing and then, you know, maybe we can jump into discussing about more about sort list. Um, but I'm really interested in, I mean, because when I read it, I'm interested in your name, right? Because when I read it, it was really, it was, a, you know, it's a combination of France, German uh, name, right? So I'm just interested, like, I don't know if you have a story just behind that name, would you be able to share with it like uh, the origins or the meaning, anything like that, right? When you say Vanderhofstadt, I hope I pronounce it right. Uh, I, I mean, it's a kind of German pronunciation, but if yeah. you have something like that and you can share with us. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's a good question. Uh, so yeah, indeed, Thibaut, it's a French name. Um, it's a uh, actually it's a it's a name that uh, from what my mom told me it's uh, it's for the Braves. <laughs> uh, you have famous um, uh, uh, people that were that were living actually in the uh, in kingdoms uh, that that were called the Tibo. Um, I don't remember actually the meaning. I should. Uh, I invite you to Google it, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, related to maybe my last name Van der Hofstadt. It's actually it's a it's Dutch name. Um, it's from um, it's a Flemish name I would say. Um, so it's it means uh, from the capital um, Van der Hofstadt. Hofstadt it's the capital. Mm -hmm. Van der is uh, actually uh, uh, it's Dutch. Um, it sounds, uh, Dutch uh, sounds a bit like German, but it's not German. Um, and basically, I had some family member that were coming from um, um, big cities um, in Flanders. And it was um, a family that was uh, uh, in business and came back to Brussels. And, uh, and my name uh, followed uh, the family story. So actually, the, the family is coming from uh, Hient. It's, uh, uh, it's actually a city in, in Flanders. Um, and I know that there's some uh, really, uh, some cousin uh, from uh, Rifau that are from Flanders. 
but I don't know them uh, that much. And and it was used to in, in Belgium, you know, um, 100 years ago, um, people loved to, to to show that they were speaking French uh, when they were coming from a nice family and. Uh, that's why actually all my uh, my families are French speaker, but they were living in Flanders. Uh, so that's a bit. I'm kind of the the the, the output of uh, the Belgian culture. You know, it's a mix of uh, uh, German, uh, uh, Dutch people, and uh, French speaking uh, people, um, and we all live together under the same roof. <laughs> so at the end of the day, you end up with. Uh, with first name and last name in Belgium that are a mix of uh, all those culture. Yeah. And uh, so Belgium and Brussels is kind of the, the heart of uh, Europe. Um, I think you have a lot of Romanian uh, as well uh, that are living in, in Brussels, actually. Yeah, so, I do have um, a couple of friends, yep. So, um, so yeah, nowadays, if you go to Brussels or to Belgium, you will, you will discover a lot of uh, exotic names, uh, first name, last names. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Vendorov says it's not super exotic, it's, uh, it's typically uh, uh, super Dutch and, and Finnish. So, uh, so that's the story of my name. <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> a cultural, cultural cross-pollinization of, <laughs> yeah, indeed. of nuances, yes. Yeah. Awesome. But I like, I, I mean, I really love uh, how Thibault sounds and what it means. Uh, so I think, and I think it kind of fits, right, exactly to what you're doing and being, you know, brave in the entire entrepreneurship game. So it's going to have to have thick skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. Right, uh, actually, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was uh, uh, trying to, to look for... Uh, I had, actually, if you type on Google, it's, uh, it means, uh, uh, it's from Tu and Belt. Uh, it's, from, it's a German, German actually, uh, name. It's, uh, it's from two words, and, and the signification is uh, uh, people and uh, being uh, audacious, uh, yeah. entrepreneur. So, yeah, it's and yep. brave. So, it's pretty kind pretty of fits, right? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. It fits in the, It's a definition of what you do. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Um, Thibault, I just, you know, want to. Uh, I know what is shortlist, but uh, our, our listeners uh, from um, East Europe, from Romania specifically right now, we don't have such a huge following and platform for now, but uh, we're going into that direction. Um, our followers may maybe um, know about shortlist or heard about it, but it would be great, you know, just to um, you yourself, the, the person behind it, leading it, being at the beginning of it, to you know, explain us what is shortlist like. Why should anybody use it, and how you know? No, that's it. What is shortlist, and why should anybody use it? Okay, so basically, shortlist is a, a marketplace where you can easily find any uh, digital uh, business list provider that can help you out in your marketing um, challenge uh, or in your communication challenge. Um, so, uh, if you are a brand or a SMB and you, you have some business challenges and you want to innovate, for instance, and, and create a, a mobile application or a website or new branding or do some PR, um, you can go on Shortlist and we 
help you out to guide you through your briefing process. Jerky finds a few kicks, uh, the right provider that can help you out innovate and um, achieve your goal. So um, Zerky is the it's a platform, as you mentioned, um, and our vision is really to make sure that we, we can um, enable people to meet at the right time the right uh, specialists, the right uh, experts that will uh, help you with your business, um, that will help you out um, uh, become a better, uh, a better business by innovating and, and thanks to digitalization. So um, we started actually uh, five, or six years ago already. Uh, it was uh, beginning a, a directory. Uh, so we were just listing down a business uh, provider that you can work with. And um, with time, we have uh, discovered that, uh, that most of the SMBs and, and brands needed uh, more advice. So uh, we've created um, a system where they can just explain their needs uh, through a, a short briefing. And that briefing uh, automatically, thanks to, uh, to technology and AI, um, match uh, the need with the right uh, business provider that can uh, help them out. So it's a um, pretty straightforward experience, um, but really our, our vision is to enable anyone, anywhere to work with uh, anybody in the B2B services space. I hope so, that's clear for you. Yeah, I understand it and hopefully that's going to be clear for everybody. Um, and you're saying B2B services, so that's not only to, um, for example, us, a digital marketing agency from Romania. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So, so yeah, indeed, um, the, our vision is not to, is to expand step by step toward more, um, uh, more services. Uh, for the moment, we, we start mainly from digital marketing, indeed. Um, mm -hmm. But um, we have discovered that uh, as the needs are changing every day uh, due to technology, but also uh, to the fact that uh, uh, we could, uh, once we have a system that is working well in the digital marketing space that we can replicate in other space, um, we can uh, change a, a new paradigm. It's uh, how you can you purchase uh, business services online. Um, so if you take into account, uh, for instance, Amazon, Amazon reinvented the way uh, B2C customer uh, uh, purchase online uh, books. They started from books, yeah. and then they expanded to uh, almost anything that you can purchase. Um, and that's a bit of the, 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 the mission of uh, Sorkis is to reinvent the way at the end uh, business uh, works together online um, and to enable any business owner to have access to the right information um, to have access to the market and to have a, a clear understanding on with who they can work out. Um, you can compare us as well to, uh, I would say, a trip advisor uh, in a way because we do uh, gather a lot of, uh, of business reviews. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, but in, uh, in the same way, we are not only uh, providing reviews, uh, we really try to match you with the right uh, partners to work with. So um, it's a uh, yeah, it's a platform that uh, gather as many as possible data uh, in, the, in the field of uh, marketing space and that we're expanding now towards more uh, services. Because um, if you think about it, at the end of the day, um, uh, what is uh, the big difference between purchasing a service from uh, a lawyer or from a digital marketing agency or from a consulting firm? 
um, at the end, it's pretty much the same process. You yeah. first to, uh, to find uh, maybe two or three uh, potential partners to work with. Then you need to check their uh, track record, get some uh, uh, reviews from um, what they've been from their past customer to assess the quality of the of the business provider. You want to make sure that um, you can meet them easily, uh, talk, uh, negotiate some uh, um, RFP, so some request for proposal, yeah. and uh, and then you uh, have to negotiate the contract and work together. So. Uh, if you think about that process, it's going to be pretty similar in any B two B services. So um, that's why I'm talking about B two B services in general. Um, uh, but uh, today, indeed, Sorkis mainly gather um, digital marketing agency from SEO to mobile application developments um, and PR. So that gives you a bit uh, an idea. Mm-hmm. Um... You've been running Sortlist, I think, for over, I mean, close to seven years, right? Um, yeah. And listening to, you know, what you do and what you're stepping into as as niches, uh, what did you learn so far? What were some cool and interesting things that you've seen from this dynamic and interaction, you know, scouting or filtering companies, right, in, in the B2B sector? What were some, some cool things? Yeah. Um... So definitely, um, what is important to understand is um, why we started Circus in the first place. So um, it's it's all about um, what makes uh, us human. Um, so um, you cannot achieve anything if you uh, if you don't have the right people in your team and if you cannot um, enable them to work together. Uh, so what we have seen, um, what I've seen during the last seven years is the human power, the, the fact that, uh, uh, that uh, we could face uh, a lot of challenges. Uh, any company could face a lot of challenges. And at the end of the day, um, if you have a clear objective, a clear goal, um, you can actually work uh, hands, in, uh, hands to hands together to solve the, the problem you are facing. Um, so. I would say in general is the, um, the fact that uh, human nature is uh, pretty positive, I would say, uh, in general. Uh, of course, there are always uh, detractors and people that uh, don't like what you do. Uh, but in general, um, people are there to help you out. Uh, so during those seven years, uh, I've met a lot of other entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners, a lot of uh, digital marketing agency, and most of the time, People uh, are there just to try to help you out um, and to, 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 to make sure that, um, that you, yeah. So I would say um, pretty, uh, pretty surprised by the, um, by the human nat- nature in general. I think most of our humans are, um, are, help, are really there to, to help you out. Um, and, uh, and that's why it's, it's important to enable people to meet each other. Um, some uh, highlights uh, I saw during the seven years. Um, it's ne- yeah, a lot of things. Um, I don't remember exactly what I told you last time, <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. uh, let's say. Um, I think there was, uh, there was one thing around uh, 
the fact how each culture from i mean country and yeah. and when i say country each culture likes to do business in a certain way right yeah uh, yeah yeah right indeed 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 um uh, indeed every it, there is a, you have the human culture in general and then you have the specialties specialties uh, in every uh, every aspect in every countries so uh, so indeed you will see a specialist you will see a uh, different uh, differences uh, for instance uh, doing business in Germany is not the same than in France that's for sure yeah. or in Spain um, but in a way w once you understand a bit uh, how it works out uh, people try to 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 help each other but uh, you need to respect a bit the, the social uh, cultural differences so for instance you will have uh, you will discover that in in Germany uh, rules are rules. The law is the law. Uh, there is no flexibility at all uh, towards that. If you don't respect the rules or if you don't uh, work with numbers, uh, it doesn't work out. Um, on the contrary side, if you go to France, for instance, people are much more, in a way, uh, more flexible. But in, in on the counter side, they will. Uh, be a bit sneaky time to time to negotiate everything because they are actually trained to to negotiate. Um, so it's part of their culture to negotiate always price, for instance. Yeah, uh, this is something that I've heard also <laughs> about the Dutch people that yeah. they always always negotiate. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and and then you will see uh, um, other behavior in Spain where people are much more in the emotion. Mm -hmm. They are really in the emotions. They want to. They want something to happen. They want that that it happen super quickly. Um, they, they don't have the. This, if, when we analyze a bit the behavior on the website, you see uh, clearly huge differences mm -hmm. uh, on any aspect. You would see uh, differences. Uh, for instance, uh, in Spain, uh, user tends to click super quickly on each step. <laughs> a bit like when they speak, you know, they speak super quickly. Yeah. Uh, and you see the same behavior with the mouse if you use a, a hot jar or any uh, uh, any tools to track a bit the, the user experience of your platform. Uh, and you will see that uh, in Germany or in uh, the Netherlands, they will read uh, the terms and condition super uh, super well of your website time to time. Nice. Um, Those are super cool insights. I mean, if you're <laughs> international business, yeah. that's definitely super helpful. Yeah. So, so, and then, and in Germany, for instance, they will be super, uh, super triggered by any legal aspect. So, uh, be sure to be uh, GDPR compliant. Be sure that you follow every rules. Uh, they are super strict uh, related to that. Um, and uh, in France, I would say it's, um, it's, uh, it's not that at the end they they don't. You could think that they they they, they, they like uh, rules and they, they are in a way uh, time to time to more following a bit uh, the, the, the the rules, but they are they are the one that likes to do strikes, you know, and to uh, so they, they they can complain easily, but uh, at the end they might not read the terms and condition, for instance. So yeah, this is the. I think that's that's also very <laughs> typical Romanian. <laughs> You know the Romanian maybe the I mean something that I've you know met along the way, but uh, uh, some Romanian entrepreneurs 
uh, like to jump maybe way too quickly to buy or you know use some kind of service mm -hmm. uh, not reading the terms and conditions and then go and if something goes wrong right Mm -hmm. uh, they start complaining or you know saying this and that and that but they didn't read the terms and conditions mm -hmm. right the conditions under which the the you know the the b2b you know stuff mm -hmm. is going to happen so yeah indeed and uh and there are some countries where uh uh easily they they will say that they they will suit suit you uh, suit you uh, for yeah. any reason uh others uh, people are much more friendly uh, it's 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 really uh, it's funny in a way <laughs> to see so much differences uh, in a such small world because at the end Europe it's uh, uh, it's pretty small if you compare to uh, U US or to Asia or to uh, Africa it's uh, the 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 size of the continent is super small uh, in a way there is a European culture um, because uh, the the law is pretty similar. Uh, I would say across all European countries, but there are some specificities that um, that make it a bit more difficult. So, um, so indeed, uh, something I, I've learned, I will say a lot, is uh, the fact that uh, super complicated to scale uh, a business in Europe. Uh, that was that, that is that, one. <laughs> there are a lot of languages to manage. There yeah. are a, a lot of regulation to manage. Every time when you want, once you want to open a new country uh, you have to discover it's like you start again from scratch so you have to okay how can we hire someone okay okay in that country we can hire someone uh, uh, for instance uh, at beginning uh, as a, uh, a sales rep office so you need to create a, maybe a sales rep office in that country or you cannot you maybe need to directly straight away create a company a local company uh, to be able to hire someone uh, on the payroll so it's um, it's super complex um, but it's pretty much all the time the same so um, uh, the, the, the first phase I will say it's uh, once you really want to expand uh, across Europe that you I will say don't start straight away to create a huge uh, uh, legal structure uh, or uh, huge uh, uh, subsidiaries uh, system. Um, yeah. Try to go lean uh, and agile as much as possible. Uh, maybe first uh, try to see if you cannot uh, work out with uh, uh, a freelance that can maybe open up the country for you, um, uh, if it's feasible or not. Yeah. And um, once you get some traction in the country, um, maybe it's getting interesting to uh, be able to, to, to hire people because at one point uh, in business, uh, most of the time in business services and in, in the tech industry, it's mainly a human, uh, a human business, a human intensive business. So Although people mm -hmm. think it's not, but it's, it, 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 is. Is, it is a human business as well. It, it, it is. So um, pretty quickly you will need to um, to to follow uh, a system to to f to open to be able to open um, your uh, your presence. So what we, for instance, uh, what uh, I always do, um, I try to see if uh, if we cannot work with a freelance, and then if it doesn't work out, um, we will uh, 
create a first a sales rep. Um, uh, that's not actually a, a subsidiary, it's not a company. It's uh, mainly, um, it's mainly uh, a way, uh, most of the countries uh, enable you to do that, a way to explore if there is a market potential uh, in the country. Once you get traction, you can start to get uh, clients and, uh, and then you start to have uh, maybe a real physical presence in the country. You need to, at one point, to create a subsidiary or, mm -hmm. uh, and then you, you are doing some paper. <laughs> you need to do some, uh, some uh, paperwork. Um, um, what's, yeah. what's the difference? What's the difference between a real subsidiary and a sales representation over there? Do you have some, I mean, do you have a, a legal representation of the company in that country or not? How yeah, uh, there, there are a lot of, the, um, of, of differences. Uh, um, a, sales, uh, a sales rep office is, as you as mentioned, it's an office. It's just a sales rep office. Um, you are, you exist uh, for the country to be able to hire people, but you cannot uh, have access to you are not considered as um, as a company in the country uh, itself uh, so for instance if you go to paris and you have a sales rep office it's kind of the exploration phase where you can maybe have uh, one or two uh, french employees that start to to explore the market to talk a bit with the, the market to see uh, um, what works what doesn't work and then uh, at one point, when you start to have a really a physical presence, uh, that you, uh, there is obligation actually that you create uh, a French company, for instance, um, um, or uh, a Romanian company, for instance. Yeah. Uh, so there are um, there are rules to follow. Um, so it's important to make sure that you get good advice from uh, lawyers. Um, that that knows uh, the regulation, um, and I will say, uh, don't start straight away by opening new companies because once you have a, a, a new company in those countries, you need to do the accounting in that country. You need to uh, uh, you, you you start to, to to increase a lot the the paperwork that will need to be done. Um, but yeah. I cannot uh, I cannot explain much more because uh, I don't want to <laughs> to say too, too many things on that subject. But uh, I will say in general, uh, try to get uh, the right advice from uh, lawyers uh, and um, and try to to go step by step. Don't uh, don't over engineer the system straight away. Start small. Start with uh, mm -hmm. uh, lens and then uh, try to do a sales rep office and then. Uh, create the company that you need um, to follow the, the local rules um, because once you get uh, you expand your business in multiple countries in Europe and you have multiple subsidiaries you start to need uh, much more accounting works so that's yep. uh, it's getting super complex yep. uh, but that's another topic <laughs> <laughs> we can create a separate a separate discussion only on that part um, um, going back to shortlist uh, one question, did you fundraise and why did you consider you need investments and for what did you use that investment? How did that help you actually? Yeah, um, 
So indeed, we we've, we did uh, multiple fundraisings. Uh, we raised in total almost uh, five million euro um, uh, in those uh, seven years. <laughs> um, it took us a lot a lot of time to raise the, the first the first uh, round, uh, almost a two point half year. Um, and in general, I will say it's impossible to create um, a platform without a resource. Um, and what are the resources in the tech? It's the human, the humans that uh, that are working, all the brains that are working uh, to code the platform, the tech, and the infrastructure to enable uh, the platform to work out. So. Um, you need, uh, in any case, if you really want to create a tech company or if you want to uh, create a platform, you will need at one point to raise capital. Um, again, you can do a lot without capital. Um, just uh, uh, how much time are you ready to invest in your platform before uh, making sure that you can create attraction to the platform? Yeah. Um, it's uh, all about uh, having the skills and time to be able to invest in that platform. Uh, the capital is um, just a means to accelerate the process. Um, you, for instance, if you think about Mailchimp, Mailchimp, yep. uh, the guy uh, found uh, found his business thanks to his, the digital agency he was on, uh, but it took him almost fifteen years to be able to reach the level he is right now. I think it's, uh, and, it's, and it took him many, many years as an agency to develop on the site, uh, on, in parallel uh, on, the, on, on the site, uh, the tech platform. The platform and the tech he needed to, to scale. Um, in our case, uh, it was our full-time job. Uh, so we used to be an agency before as well. We used to have a, a small digital agency that was called uh, Team Corner. Um, but that was uh, that was the early days of Sortlist. Yeah, right? that was the early days of Sortlist. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and and, and 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 I mean, being an agency is uh, a quick and easy way to 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 do some revenue online. I would say uh, because you you can quickly sell uh, services and. I mean, there is a it's, a, it's it's an easy way, we'll say, to uh, to get some revenue uh, thanks to uh, the technology or to uh, the fact that you can code or that you can develop a, um, a good communication online. Um, but productizing uh, a service takes a lot of time. Uh, productizing um, an experience takes a lot of time. Why, why, would you, why would you say that? What's the hardest part in productizing a service? You... Um, so so uh, how we did it uh, um, actually was, um, was to first, I mean, it's, I'm just saying like uh, super generalities, <laughs> but uh, do things that don't scale, so that, uh, that you hear a lot. Um, that's how we started. So, uh, what we did actually it was to act as an agency ourselves at the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, we sold our services uh, as an agency ourselves. Uh, we 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 try to understand uh, how uh, brands and uh, and customer uh, were were actually defining their briefing. 
were uh, building up their needs. Um, and thanks to all that experience, we, we had enough experience to productize um, those, uh, those aspects. Um, uh, so before coding anything, you need to do it. You need to, 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 to get your, your hands dirty. You need to, you need to call the clients, a prospect to understand um, uh, what they need. You need to do a lot of uh, interviews. Uh, that, that is taking time. So I, will, I, I imagine that uh, uh, quite a lot of you uh, work in the product, uh, maybe as product manager or UX designer or whatever. Um, all those uh, elements take times. And if you start a new concept from scratch uh, that doesn't exist, <laughs> um, it's even more complicated. Um, so uh, I will say first, uh, try to, to get a, a good understanding of, um, of what concept you are working to, then try to sell what you don't have. <laughs> so try to just um, sell in a way to validate uh, that there is a, a business and that there is a, a real concept that has value for the end user. Um, I'm saying sell because uh, we are in the B2B world, but uh, if you are more in the B2C, make sure that you have a good uh, usage traction or that people are super uh, interested about what you do. And it's not just about, ah, it's interesting what you do. It's, they need to be in love. To it in love with what you do and 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 finding actually this uh, love is super complicated it needs to solve a big pain um it needs to, to solve a big pain uh, in your uh for your user or your clients and um so the all the all the process to already find out what you want to really solve in a precise way, and then to start to code MVP, minimum viable product, or uh, any small solution uh, with uh, code and make it, it works with a good uh, user experience and so on. It takes a lot of time and energy, but, um, but I will say it's, it's, it's your passion that will make you successful. So, um, don't be scared to start out. Don't be scared that it will take time. Uh, if you are really passionate about what you do, you don't think about the time that you, you, you need to invest into it. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, as you mentioned, it has been already seven years for me that I started as an entrepreneur. And when I'm waking up every morning, I don't have the feeling it was already seven years. Uh, I mean, I'm just... Uh, uh, for me, it was yesterday that we started. <laughs> and, um, but I think that's a very good feeling to have that it started only yesterday because then, you know, the, the perception of time, it's really, um, you know, light in terms of what you are doing. And uh, when you have this perception of time that, you know, um, it's um, expanded, right? And it's not getting, you know, the time is not moving slow because it, if it would be moving slow, it means then what you're doing is not really something that you like, yeah, that you're passionate about. So that, I think that's, that's really cool. Um, yeah. And, and I would say it's important to challenge ourselves every day to rethink uh, what you do. And maybe, um, personally, I don't have, I don't believe that, um, that people fail. 
people don't fail uh, they they just learn um, and if you work like that and you just take everything into account as a way to learn you just can make it better and improve it <laughs> so, yeah so that's uh, i agree, uh, I agree. As, uh, as simple as that <laughs> yeah. how how was uh how was sortlist in the in the early days because i mean thinking thinking back seven years ago you were entering a space that it was in you know direct competition with the big advertising corporations how did they react for this you know uh misfit company that it's coming to you know poach their clients or you know make it harder for them in terms of the process of getting leads and clients uh yeah it's a it's a good question because um actually uh, i had a lot of reaction in um, when we started, um, we 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 went to to interview a lot of uh, of um, of owner of big agency in Belgium, but also in Paris, and and uh, and they were uh, they were saying, yeah, nice concept, it's nice what you do, but there is a problem. We, we are here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yes, so they were, but it's totally legit. I mean, it's um, it's legit. Uh, you know, big, big, big advertising groups and um, the, their value proposition for the the brands they work with is uh, is come to us. We are a one stop shop place where you can do whatever you want. We have a, a super large large group, international group. Everyone is. Uh, you can do whatever you want with us. Yeah. Uh, and we arrive with a platform that uh, opens up the gates of transparency to any business owner, and we show actually that uh, that there are providers super specialized in multiple countries that can help you out scale, with, with, without going uh, to the big groups that will ask you uh, super uh, high uh, price because they take margin to make the these big groups works um so um yeah we are killing in a way the the, the middlemen uh, as we we provide more transparency to all the the the, the smaller agency uh, more specialized one um that are actually the one that most of the time work for the big groups as a subcontractor yeah um, <laughs> so we are we are so most of those small digital agency of 10 to 20 people they are uh, some of them are totally dependent on big groups that uh, contract everything uh, and now with uh, sortlist uh, in a way we we kill that uh, dynamic so so indeed it's uh, it's it's a new paradigm it's a new way of uh, doing business it's uh, uh, and people that uh, that were Having their business based on that um, concept, the fact that they, they were owning all the transactions and everyone was going to them, don't really like to know that uh, there is a player that can change that dynamic. Yeah. So, uh, so actually, I, I had a I, I had a call like uh, after we we were just opening Paris. So yeah, I did not mention, but uh, we have office in Paris, Madrid, uh, Brussels. 
uh, in Romania, in Cluj-Napoca, also. Uh, I'm going to ask you why <laughs> in, in, in Rotterdam and in Munich. So yeah, a lot of uh, of presence. Um, so yeah, we just launched uh, France, uh, and we were in Paris. And after a few weeks, uh, the head of sales of uh, one big uh, advertising firm uh, called me uh, like uh, late night. Uh, what are you? Uh, what do you want? Uh, asking a lot of questions uh, in a super French way, you know. Uh, <laughs> aggressive. Fuck, uh, super aggressive. <laughs> what the fuck is this? And so on. Um, but nothing more happened. So uh, for us, it was kind of uh, it was kind of uh, having the, um, having succeeded in a way because uh, if you have a big groups uh, panicking and calling us uh, at seven o'clock in the in the night, you got uh, attention. You get attention. It means yeah. that you, you do something that's that's worth it. Uh, it's a it's a it's a validation in itself. <laughs> it's right? a validation indeed. It's a big validation. So. Um, so yeah, it was uh, those moments that were super exciting for us, um, and, uh, and 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 yeah, and, and and more more we we work and more we uh, we the team is growing and more we invest in we invest into the the, the platform into the the product, more that kind of situation happens, and and that's what make all the job funny about entrepreneurship is. Uh, you start small, you start, uh, I mean, we started, uh, um, I started with my uh, three other co-founders, so we are four co-founders. Mm -hmm. um, and thanks to the fact that we were four, that enabled us to build up the, in the platform MVP, uh, because um, as you know, it takes time to build something that uh, has some traction. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's what enabled us to raise some capitals. Um, uh, so yeah, for us it was uh, it was super exciting to see that um, those big groups were, uh, in a way, interested by the concept. <laughs> they are actually using the website every day to find a subcontractor. <laughs> oh, with the big companies. The big companies. Uh, those. Uh, so so yeah. So we see that they are using uh, the platform in a way to help them out with their big clients, but. Uh, uh, in a way, we we don't. Uh, I mean, we don't take uh, market share to those big groups. I don't know actually what is the impact of Sorkist for them, uh, but uh, in a way, they, they they found out that it was more complementary maybe for help, for for them to help them out. Uh, the yeah, for the provider I mean, in the market, they're streamlining the process. I mean, mm -hmm. you are streamlining the process of you know procurement of smaller agencies for them i mean it could be i mean it, it should be this way if it is considered like that uh, you know it should be they should be thankful you know for sort list and not spending you know so many so much time on you know curating scouting agencies talking to agencies and so on and mm -hmm. this is a much uh, cleaner faster way to find an agency mm -hmm. no indeed but i think the the, the 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 woman that called me uh, that night was uh, the head of sales of the group, so it's a bit different dynamic. Uh, you were ruining you were ruining ruining the sales. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know, but <laughs> no, but I think she was just uh, discovering a bit uh, something new, and she was not expecting uh, that kind of solution to to pop out. Um, but yeah, um, 
um, but yeah, so so indeed uh, a lot of excite, exciting moments uh, that we've uh, experienced. <laughs> um and now it's uh, even more challenging because uh we are uh, almost 90 in the team so wow nice that means that uh, uh as mentioned <laughs> in the tech human super humans are super important um why did you what did you pick cluj to open up an office so it's a it's a funny story um so uh, you can maybe talk with, uh, <laughs> it's a funny story. What happened is uh, it's by accident uh, for real. <laughs> um, so we were, we were looking for uh, an SEO intern yeah, for the UK market. <laughs> Nothing to have with uh, Romania. And there were uh, this uh, super nice uh, guy, Christian, uh, that, mm -hmm. uh, that applied for that position and that presents himself as a uh, Brit, <laughs> but he was not. He uh, was not Brit in the first place. He was actually Romanian, uh, speaking super well English, um, and coming from Cluj Napoca. <laughs> and uh, creative Romanians, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So getting he, business. <laughs> so, so yeah, he dared to to apply for the position to, uh, and so on, and, and at the end. Uh, was so motivated um, that uh, that we decided to, to try. It went well, and uh, no, actually, is um, um, quality uh, quality uh, engineer um, in Cluj Napoca, and uh, and thanks to um, thanks thanks to the fact that he, he came to the company, um, he, he mentioned that ah, I have some friends that are actually uh, working um, in. In machine learning and in um, that are PhD in, in data science uh, that uh, would be interested maybe to to join you as well and to join us uh, and that's how uh, we met then uh, Bogdan that joined the team and then we created a company uh, uh, from that uh, team of two and, uh, and now there are nine uh, in Cluj Napoca. Wow nice uh, I didn't know that. So yeah uh, uh, so it, it's a funny story because it's uh, it was not really planned. Uh, it happened it happened by accident. Um, it happened because we we were interested to meet new people and just um, discussion with uh, people that are super motivated and passionate about uh, what we were doing. And um, how what... how was how was Cluj? How hard in terms of or easy, right? I don't mm -hmm. want to put it in a in a, mm -hmm. in a context <laughs> to be hard. How was it to open up a Cluj? Not not from a from a more technical perspective, right? I'm connecting to the discussion that we had uh, earlier around the scale up. How was it to open up a Cluj office in comparison with I don't know Paris, Munich, um, another another office that you have? Yeah, um, you have. So first, first thing first is the, um, the 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 mission statement of the the uh, uh, French office, for instance, and uh, and uh, inclusion Napoca office are different. So, uh, as you mentioned, um, in, as I mentioned, in France it's more uh, sales uh, sales oriented. Yeah. Um, so the dynamic is different in terms of uh, how you manage a sales team, how you you 
scout for clients, how, how you do marketing, uh, and so on. Uh, and the Cluj, Cluj Napoca office is uh, actually more a product oriented uh, um, office. So, uh, so, so it's a totally different dynamic. As you know, uh, you have the business side and you have the product and, uh, and, uh, and, and research and development side um, with all the, the aspects uh, uh, with it. So um, I would say that the big challenge we faced uh, in Krishnapoka was uh, mainly linked to how do you organize a, um, a smooth uh, scrum uh, agile methodology? Uh, mm -hmm. How do you make sure that um, uh, all the engineers are uh, motivated about uh, uh, the company. How do you create a, a, a nice environment so that everyone can grow in their career uh, and that can work out on a product that has a sense for them? Uh, uh, how to recruit as well uh, engineers is different than uh, recruiting business uh, developers, um, uh, salespeople, sales reps. Yeah. So it's totally different dynamic. Um, indeed, uh, there are a lot of uh, recruitment challenges, I would say, in, um, in Cluj Napoca because uh, the competition is fierce for talents. It um, is, it is. And, uh, and yeah, expectation uh, sometimes are super high in terms of uh, salary wage and so on. <laughs> there are some wise. employers, there are some employers that are, that are let's say, um, influencing the salary benchmark not in a very realistic way um, so they're moving the, the 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 line a bit higher than it should be mm -hmm. um, and this is not I don't know if it's good or bad but definitely from an ecosystem perspective and from an economical point of view from you know selling European development services East European development service to the West it's not a very good thing because we're getting closer and closer to the same rates right so mm -hmm. you're gonna have to start to differentiate yourself with mm -hmm. other things like you know mm -hmm. uh, higher intelligence more complex intelligence data-driven engineers ai you know ml stuff like that so mm -hmm. yeah yeah indeed and uh and, and 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 as an employer and as a company there are other things that you can offer um so for instance uh we quickly understood that uh, what we have to offer is the fact that uh, it's a product in which we we have a, a coupon effect on the product we are uh, uh, we are having because uh, it's not about uh, going from one project to the other. It's uh, about uh, building up uh, a huge platform that uh, that wants to revolutionize all the all the the B two B industry. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, it's uh, another. Another approach that what makes us a bit different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, indeed, uh, I would say in in Cluj Napoca, the, the main challenges are uh, linked to um, to to uh, yeah, it's mainly linked to uh, to how to keep a, a product team uh, uh, synced, uh, aligned with um, uh, with a, a product team in uh, Belgium as well that is uh, working on the product. Uh, how do you make sure that uh, there is a uh, uh, good uh, coordination between the two the, those uh, different teams that actually create one team that works hands uh, hands in hands uh, together to to make a to create a to revolutionize a new industry so yeah. um how how was that how was you know, i know I'm, we talked a, a bit 
around opening I mean, opening an office is not wasn't the case around uh, uh, Munich. I know you said that you know entering the German market was different than other other markets that you have to you had to do um, a, a merger or an acquiring. Yeah. How, how how was that? Um, so and why specifically? I mean, it's different. You know, a different approach that you took over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in Munich, uh, we did um, an acquisition. Um, um, but but we actually we it, it was a I will say an opportunistic approach to to have bigger impact uh, together with a team that already knew knew the markets knew the business uh, that have been working uh, that were working uh, on, on in our industry for many years so uh, um, we had the opportunity to exchange uh, first on LinkedIn with uh, the founders of the company. Um, that uh, that joined us um, in, uh, like two years ago, um, and they were on uh, the same thing that we were doing, but um, they were not having uh, uh, a lot of product. Uh, they, they were not really having a, a huge product team. Um, mm -hmm. they, they did not uh, fundraise uh, enough money to really uh, go next level. Um, so it was a great opportunity for them and for us to join force and to have more impact thanks to more technology because um, um, on our side we have invested a lot of money into the product into the platform to have something uh, that is uh, relevant for the industry and for the market uh, and on the other side they, they, they already created a, a nice uh, network of uh, partners uh, in Germany mm -hmm. that, uh, that, that were already working with them um, so it was a win-win situation for us. Instead of rebuilding everything from scratch, it was a way to to win some years of business development for both sides. So in terms of sales side and in terms of product-wise for them. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was not our first time that we acquire a company. Um, we did the same in, in Spain, actually. Uh, it was a small uh, platform um, uh, owned by uh, also one uh, founder uh, that joined us uh, to manage uh, Spain, the Spanish market. Um, but that was not having enough um, product and engineer working uh, uh, with her. So it's, it's, um, in both cases, uh, they were um, great uh, founders, not uh, having enough um, tech engineer uh, team to be able to achieve what they were really willing to do um, and what did they had to, to have or what did they have what or maybe the question would be what were you looking are you were you looking like a big portfolio of already uh, you know um, big portfolio of agencies within that country within that uh, company um, you know having contracts already signed or stuff like that or what was it that you were looking for um, the first thing first in, in business is people. Uh, so it's to, have, to make sure that you give the right people that can um, help you out uh, grow your business uh, in um, countries. So, um, uh, so yeah, that was the first thing we, we checked is uh, uh, how great the founder were, if they were uh, coachable, if they were uh, listening, if they were really passionate about what they were doing. Um, 
they really wanted to succeed in that field if uh, um, and that was the thing that we were checking the first thing first then of course everything comes with uh, i mean if you have the great people and, and then you know that you can build up a, a great asset all together um, because you have more resource and you have uh, the, 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 the tech team that can uh, execute um, and, uh, to make it a, a success. So um, first things people, then uh, I will say, of course, uh, uh, you check at the numbers, you check uh, at how many clients, uh, customer they're working with. Um, you you check of course the the websites they've been building because uh, most of the time it's uh, we are talking about websites yeah um, do their website uh, have traffic have uh, traction uh, data dev uh, that kind of things and um, and once you have all those aspects uh, uh, you take all that into account of course there is uh, always this uh, this phase where uh, everyone's uh, want to make sure that uh, they can get the most of it, out of it. Uh, as a founder, uh, when you're a founder of uh, that kind of website, you want, of course, the most uh, value out of it as you've been building up that website. And on our site, as a, a company that, uh, that we're more uh, purchasing, we try to have something fair uh, for the founders that will keep them uh, motivated about what we are creating, but in, uh, also in the other hands, that is uh, affordable so that we can uh, make it happen because uh, uh, we are not yet uh, Google or Microsoft. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, so it's uh, all about finding the right balance to have a, a win-win deal. Yeah. Uh, so um, uh, it's all about finding uh, a win-win deal because uh, if you don't offer something that is uh, fair enough, then uh, if the founder or the entrepreneur accept and after a few weeks or months realize that it was not a fair deal, then you have someone in the team that's not motivated and, and, and that's not the, the goal. Yeah, it's going to affect that on the long run. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. So, um, um, Thibault, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to my um, last question and something that I want to ask you. Mm -hmm. Also in the same space, in, in terms of, you know, we're talking about shortlist. Mm -hmm. um, what, it, what it is next on your roadmap for shortlist? Like, what is the next thing that you want to build? Is it you're going after a new market or are you adding some new tech layers into it? What do you have today and what are you going to build tomorrow? Okay. Um... So there are, there are a lot of leverage. The growth leverage is uh, at Sorkis. That's what makes things super interesting. Is uh, there are thousands of ways to, to improve what we are currently doing. Um, of course, the geographical expansion is something uh, that we will continue doing as we already uh, did it five times. <laughs> it's not like a, <laughs> a first time that we are expanding into new markets so definitely um, we are um, checking a bit all the markets in Europe uh, but also maybe uh, in other continents to see if we cannot expand a bit our presence uh, in the US or in the UK or in Italy um, in the Nordic countries so those are uh, countries and region uh, on our roadmap for the coming uh, years 
Um, and indeed, the tech, in the tech-wise, we want to make sure that we can build up more and more um, uh, sales-enable tools for a digital marketing agency to help them out save uh, unbuilt hours mm -hmm. so that the, instead of spending um, a lot of time um, prospecting, uh, preparing offerings, uh, uh, trying to find uh, uh, the right, uh, the right uh, meeting slot or availability in their calendar with their uh, uh, customer to, to at the end create kind of an environment for them where they can uh, plug and play uh, any SaaS they are working with uh, on a daily basis. So to ease yeah. really their, uh, their 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 life, I would say, to simplify their their life uh, sales wise. Um, so in terms of tech. Uh, uh, we've launched uh, an integration with um, uh, some CRM. So now you can uh, uh, plug and play uh, Surplus with uh, HubSpot, but also with uh, Pipedrive and Team Leader. Um, and, and I think that there were some requests to develop the same for Zoho, for instance. Um, you should definitely integrate with, <laughs> with, uh, with uh, Zapier. When you integrate with Zapier, you just get connected to so many things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, actually, we did already uh, an integration with um, uh, something similar to Zapier. It's called a Blender. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a Belgian, uh, Belgian Zapier, I would say. Um, but yeah, so we are planning to, to start to expand the, the integration uh, spectrum a lot. Uh, there are a lot of um, uh, business cases that could be super interesting. Um, the way maybe uh, an agency can manage uh, more easily their meetings, their proposal, their um, to better manage uh, uh, also their RFP, RFQ. Yep. So, um, and on, on the and, and as a marketplace, there is always uh, you know you have to take into account also the demand side. So we need to invest also uh, pretty uh, a lot of. Uh, uh, of tech into the, the experience for the, the brands, uh, for the, 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 the companies, the SMB, so that um, they can easily collaborate, easily uh, uh, do uh, tenders, um, and easily uh, meet the right partner to work with. So, um, are I love thinking, uh, yes? Yeah. Are you thinking about fundraising again? Uh, this is something uh, I don't talk in during podcasts. Um, but <laughs> well, if, you I, have, if you have a lot of uh, ambition and you want to change the world, then maybe you need to have enough resource. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> got your, got your, uh, your idea. I agree. I agree on that. Um, so yeah, awesome. we are, we are, uh, we are working towards. Um, so yeah, I always say go big or go home. Um, mm. Definitely, uh, we don't want to, to, to we don't want to block ourselves, um, and we don't plan to become an uh, SMB ourselves. We want to become a, a real um, life-changing uh, player in the market. So uh, we need enough resource to make it happen. So this is something uh, definitely that uh, we'll go that we will continue doing. <laughs> That's great, and I mean, I wish you all the best, and I, I'm, I'm looking, I'm, lo I'm looking forward to see, um, you know, going shortlist beyond uh, things like, you know, European going into US and growing into even bigger markets. Um, oh, and by the way, on this one, I just, you know, saw um, on the, the other day a message uh, on your LinkedIn that you have been ranked among the 
500 fastest growing tech companies in EMEA in 2019, right? Yes, yes. Uh, so congrats on that. That's really cool. Thanks. I mean. thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's one milestone. Let's uh, let's try to reach the top ten. <laughs> it's going to be a bit challenging, but. Uh. <laughs> but I mean, this. I mean, I said that I had already had, had my only my final question, but this this is going to be my final question. What what helped you helped Sortlist, or what did you do do like a high level uh, maybe description to reach into that 48th uh, place of fastest growing company in EMEA? Uh, the team, the team, it's all about the team again and again. Um, you, you need to make sure that, um, that you have the right talents in your, um, in your company, that you can uh, provide clear objectives, um, provide a vision. And if you have the passion and that you can all work all together, then there is no way you, you, you will fail. It's just about uh, learning from what you, you are doing and uh, making sure that you keep faith in what you do and you mm -hmm. just continue doing that every day and during the night as well. And then, <laughs> and then you, you, you transfer and try to, to transfer that passion for, uh, for everyone in the team. And, and uh, as soon as you have uh, passionate people, talented people in your team, you can achieve a lot of things. That's, I mean, I, I was expecting maybe different, but yeah, I think that's going to the core of the business itself when, mm -hmm. when it means that you want to grow and reach the, you know, charts like this, right? The fastest growing company in EMEA. Yeah. Um, thank you very much. Um, I remain with a couple of words like go beyond and be brave in what you do mm -hmm. uh, with the, from the, from the stock. Um, is there any, if there's anything that you would like to you know, leave our listeners with a message or not. Um, this is your opportunity to do. Uh, if not, I can... Yeah, uh, definitely um, check out maybe uh, our team in Cluj-Napoca. They, they will be super glad uh, exchanging uh, with uh, the community in, uh, in Cluj-Napoca. Uh, they have uh, a lot of knowledge to, to share to the community mm -hmm. as well. They will be glad uh, getting to know more uh, the dev and product uh, community of and digital marketing agency community in, uh, in Cluj. Um, and definitely, uh, once uh, we don't have any more those COVID uh, rules and regulations, we'll be glad uh, we'll be uh, organizing, uh, uh, hosting uh, events with, uh, with the community in Cluj. That's something yep. uh, we'll be glad uh, doing. Um, and if you have uh, any interesting tips and tricks, uh, for us uh, do not hesitate uh, your feedbacks are super welcome so uh, i would say to all the audience that is listening that are listening uh, uh, do not hesitate to share uh, share your feedbacks we take everything to account to make it uh, even mm -hmm. better so um, thank you thank you stefan for this podcast it was it was a pleasure i learned personally a lot from from your experience and how you you grew sortlist um, in these last seven years. So thank you. Thank you for that. And I'm definitely going to find out some more information because I was trying to, you know, be focused on, on the flow of the conversation. So I was reading the, the questions over here. So by, by re-listening the conversation, I will definitely learn some more. Um, thank you very much for taking, you know, the time to have a conversation, explain us what is sortless, how did you grow, where are you today and where you're going. Uh, so thank you for that. And, uh, you know, hopefully we're going to have another conversation 
on your next, you know, maybe fundraising round or, or whoever knows, right? Uh, in the next future, sure. or sure. just or just see you for the next uh, untold <laughs> untold festival. Ah, uh, yeah, indeed. Uh, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot wait. <laughs> Thank you very yeah. much, Thibault. And, yeah, thanks, uh, uh, Stefan. Thanks. Have a, so have a great day. Yeah, you too. Bye bye. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe, share, and review our podcast because the voice of our community keeps us going forward. Find more episodes and discover different perspectives about tech and business and in our daily life. Thank you.